You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Why is it such a big deal with God? Because in His nature, in His very being, there is no favoritism. No favoritism. Now, if you really receive that truth and understand it, right away you ought to be very thankful. Very thankful. When you look at Jesus, Jesus Christ, the God-man, and when you study His life, you have exemplified in His life how to deal with other human beings. As a human being. The degree to which we understand how truly evil partiality and favoritism is, the better we can love others as Christ loves us. While none of us will ever be perfect on this side of eternity, we as believers are no less called to treat all people with equal respect. In today's message, Pastor Danny will teach you just why it is that God takes partiality and favoritism so seriously. In his study, you'll learn that just as God loves all of humanity equally, we are too to love others, no matter their circumstance. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of James, chapter 2, with today's edition of The Living Word. My wife and I left Wednesday for the 6-4 National Conference in Dallas, Texas. Got back late yesterday afternoon. Great time. And um, Pastor Jim Simula was there. I love Pastor Jim Simula. But one guy I was looking forward to hearing because I've never really listened to him a lot, and I was hoping I'd get to meet him, was Francis Chan. Just so happened that on Thursday, I'm in the lobby of the hotel, we're staying, and uh, guess who comes to check in but Francis Chan. My first thought as I was close to him, my first thought is, is what people say to me. You know the number one thing people say to me when they come up and meet me up close and personal? No kidding. You know what the first thing they say is? Here's, they'll look at me and they'll say, you look a lot taller on stage. That's the number one comment I get. Thank you. What do you say? You know, my first thought when I was right there at Francis Chan, my first thought was, you look a lot taller on stage. That was my first thought. I was just as big as him. But here's what happens at conferences like that. Look, look, including me sometimes. I, I, you want to you meet Francis Chan. You want Francis Chan to know you. You want to hobnob with Jim Cimbala. Matter of fact, one of the guys we were hanging out with, a pastor from North Carolina that I had met before through the 6-4 Fellowship, and we spent a lot of time, my wife and I, with he and his wife during the conference, and uh, we know each other well enough now. He said, yeah, you, you hobnobbing with the bigwigs, aren't you? And so I punched him. No, I didn't punch him. But you know what I'm saying? The, the natural tendency, that's our natural tendency, to cater to the rich and the influential. Now, God was very careful in the Old Testament to talk about favoritism and partiality. As a matter of fact, when he selected leaders, uh, he wanted to make sure they understood all about this. Deuteronomy chapter 1, I'm not going to read all these verses, but in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses, when he realized what a large congregation God had given him, Here's what he said, verse 9, at that time I said to you, you're too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. The Lord, your God, has increased your numbers so that today you're as many as the stars in the sky. Now that's a big church. May the Lord, the God of our fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you. But 
How can I bear your problems and your burdens all by myself? So verse 13, choose some wise, understanding, and respected men from each of your tribes, and I'll set them over you. So verse 15, I took the leading men of your tribes, wise and respected men, and appointed them to have authority over, get this, over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. In other words, all the way down to the life group leader, all the way down to the small group leader. And here's the charge to these leaders. I charged your judges at that time, your leaders, hear the disputes between your brothers and judge fairly, whether the case is between brother Israelites or between one of them and an alien, someone from another country, another culture. Do not show partiality in judging. Hear both small and great alike. Do not be afraid of any man. In other words, don't let them influence you toward partiality and favoritism all the way down to the small group leader. Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 18. Appoint judges and officials for each of your tribes in every town the Lord your God is giving you, and they shall judge the people fairly. Don't pervert justice or show partiality. Don't accept a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. Malachi chapter 2 verse 9, God actually judged uh, Israel for failing in this area. And he tells them, I'm judging you because you've shown partiality in matters of the law. You've shown favoritism. Now, God had just as much to say about it in the New Testament. But before we look at some of those, listen, let's just look at a couple of them. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 9. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no favoritism with him. Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 23, whether, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21, as Paul concludes this chapter on dealing with things in the church. And one of the last things he mentions is, is if an elder sins, they are to be rebuked publicly. In other words, you don't show partiality just because they're an elder. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly. And then verse 21, he says, I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and do nothing out of favoritism. Now, why is this such a big deal? With God. And why is it so evil? Romans chapter 2, verse 6. Listen. God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he'll give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and reject the truth and follow evil, there'll be wrath and anger. There'll be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. One more verse. Let me just read this one for us. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. When Moses wants to extol our God as a great God, here's what he says in verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. Why is this such a big deal with God? Because in his nature, in his very being, 
There is no favoritism. No favoritism. Now, if you really receive that truth and understand it, right away you ought to be very thankful. Very thankful. When you look at Jesus, Jesus Christ, the God-man, and when you study his life, you have exemplified in his life how to deal with other human beings as a human being. Because there's no favoritism in his character. No favoritism in his nature. Even the enemies of Jesus, uh, when he came to earth, knew this. You can write down Matthew chapter 22. Let me read it for you. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 16. Verse 15, then the Pharisees went on, laid plans to trap Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. There's no favoritism. There's no partiality. You know that if you study the life of Jesus and his disciples, there are people that his disciples would shun, that he would rebuke his disciples and he would accept. One of the first disciples he called, remember, Matthew, Levi, sitting in his tax collector's booth. You want to know a person that was shunned in that culture, in that society, it would be Matthew, a Jewish tax collector. He's taxing for the Romans. He's a collector for the Romans. He's a, he betrayed his own people. And Jesus comes by and says, come follow me. Matthew was so moved, so moved. You know what he did? He threw a party for Jesus at his house, invited all his friends. And all his friends, you know who they are? They're people that none of the religious people would hang out with. And Jesus and his disciples get criticized for being at Matthew's house with all of his pals. He treats Zacchaeus, I, I will forever now. For until I get to heaven, and, and I think when I get to heaven, of course, I'll know the truth, but I, but I think Zacchaeus looks like Danny DeVito. I really do. He's a short guy. He's up a tree. Jesus trees him, and he says, Matthew, uh, Zacchaeus, I got to go to your house today. Zacchaeus couldn't believe it. He's another guy that if you're religious, you know, in that culture, you're not going to hang out with the chief tax collector like Zacchaeus, but Jesus goes to his house, and because of Jesus' openness towards Zacchaeus, he gets saved. He gets saved. He says, Jesus, today, right now, today, if I've cheated anybody, and he cheated a lot of people, I, I'll pay back four times what I stole from them. And right here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. Thanks for joining us today to study the book of James. Each time you open the word, there's potential to learn. The New Testament letter from James is no exception. In its pages, you'll continue to find advice and practical application for living as a follower of Jesus. James emphasizes that faith is more than just words. It needs to be backed up by action. You live your faith out every day in how you interact with your family, friends, and co-workers, and what you spend your time doing. We hope that today you've been encouraged by the words of this book and that you've been inspired to show your faith to the world around you. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Pastor Danny Hodges right now, you can do so by visiting our website ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons. 
you'll be directed to our YouTube page where you can watch a number of Calvary Chapel Fellowship services and subscribe to our channel. Come connect with us on social media as well. You'll find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join in the conversations there. Feel free to connect with us too, and we'll add some encouragement to your newsfeed. You'll be able to find links to all of these at our website, ccfstpete.church. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, and we hope that you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.